Did you catch the fact that my loving daughter called me Mr. Stuff? Everybody wonders about that. You know, she worked for me at the service station, and sometimes I was Mr. Stowe, and sometimes I was Wayne, and sometimes I was Daddy. So the really sharp customers figured out where we were at, you know, what was going on. But uh, I hadn't heard her call me Mr. Stowe in a while. It just brought back those memories of, of uh, how we address one another. And uh, uh, thank you. Miss Klein. <laughs> I know you, I know exactly, and I loved every minute of it. As you may have heard, you may wonder why I'm here. David didn't feel well yesterday, and today he got up uh, throwing up. And uh, Stasha called about 6.30 and you, know, you you never want to call at six thirty in the morning. It's just it's never good. But what a what an opportunity! She she asked that, that I lead the service, and she told everybody else to do what they're supposed to do. But be in prayer for David this morning. We want to just stop, and uh, we just want to lift him up in prayer. And how many of you have been through the stomach virus this year already? Well, the Lentz family had it all at one time. They just went whole hog, every one of them. Just get it over with. <laughs> uh, Father God, this morning, we pray for David. And uh, we pray for Stasha's anxiousness about where he's at and what's going on. But, Lord, we pray your healing into his life, that you would be with him in this time. And uh, we thank you for how he functions in our church who he is, what he is, what he brings to us. And, Lord, we just pray your spirit would abide with him strongly this morning. We pray for healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I want to share a few things with you from the Word and from my personal experience. How many of you write things down? There's all kind of journal books, and they tell you what to do and how to do it. I got started on these things. It's just a, what do you call these things? It's a little book. And uh, it's amazing to me what the Lord speaks to you in a year's time. And each Sunday I write down, this is a Sunday, and this is my, our memory verse. And how many of you done real well with the memory verses last year? Did you? How many of you memorized some of them, a few of them, praise God. Some is always better than none, my opinion. But I, I uh, pulled out the book this morning, and uh, I pulled out several other things. Vicki said, what are you going to do? I said, I don't have a clue. <laughs> when I got to church, what's your name? <laughs> Luke had the audacity to ask me if I had a PowerPoint. So, <laughs> would you guys answer that for me? <laughs> no, okay. But I whispered in his ear that I, actually, I don't have a clue what I'm going to say yet. So, we'll, you know, we get it together, we'll get us a PowerPoint, but that never happened. <laughs> but as I look back in this book, 
which is last year, which I had done recently, and I found that the Lord spoke to me more than once on a particular topic. So what does that tell you? It's important. I didn't pay attention the first time. I still have a long ways to go. Now, I'm older, 73 years old, and I look at my daughter, and we'll pick on Sarah since we started with her, and I look at her and I say, I was just like that when I was her age. I'm not going to tell you her age. And then I look a little further down the line, and I see Kelsey and Jake and Carter, and I said, gosh, I was just like them at that age. And I see their struggles, and I see their anguish, and I see their uh, things that upset them and the things that make them happy. And, and uh, I wish somehow or another I could just fast forward them to the fact that they get to be 73, and a lot of those things they just get over I didn't get over them when I was that age. I struggled with them. But finally, after a period of time, I got over them. How did that happen? How did that happen? Well, one of the first things I've wrote down this year in my new book is focus. So this morning I'm looking at, well, I'm going to share this. No, I'm going to share that. No, I'm going to share that over there. Now, here's what I'm going to share. But it come to me, focus. Guys, we need to focus. So what's your lifelong dream? What, what do you intend, what, what's the biggest thing that you want to happen in your life? Well, for me, and you've heard me say this before, to finish well. That's easy to say. But to finish well, how do you have to run? You have to run well. You have to plan, you have to think, you have to, uh, I've never run anywhere. I, I think uh, Allison ran some, and she took Kelsey with her one time. But they had to plan out the run. You know, we're going to have people stationed in particular places. If I fall out here, they're going to drag me off the course. <laughs> but the, they just didn't start out wide open, just whoo. They, they planned their run. How can I get to the end you know, how, how does this happen? So uh, we got to run well to finish well. I want to take you back to focus. I wrote down a couple things. Uh, to focus means to prioritize your life. What's important and what's not. Now, there are things in my life that just don't suit me well. Dean, what's one of them? Uh, Go ahead and say it. No? What's that thing you had on yesterday? Just to aggravate me. Just to aggravate me, he had a hoodie on. Now, if you wear hoodies, that's okay. Hoodies is just not my thing. He tried to put his hoodie on me. I'm glad he didn't have any help. But is that a priority in life? What kind of clothes Dean wears? No, 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 no. We don't need to spend a lot of time on that. We just need to move on from that. But one of the things we need to do to be able to prioritize 
is to address this world's distractions. If I ask you to go back to yesterday and ask you what distracted you from doing what was important, what would come up? Nobody distracted yesterday? Rachel's hiding. You distract her. <laughs> you can't get rid of you. Well, some of the things, you know, the, the, the scripture tells us about distractions. And it tells us that this world's view is opposite from the scripture. Now, one of the things in life that bothers me is people that over multitask. Now, my theory is you only do one thing right. I know. <laughs> you can only do one thing at a time and do it right. If you're doing two things, you're doing 50-50 or 75-25. My wife disagrees with this completely. Now, when I went to the VA, they gave me a big old thick book. And I'm supposed to read it and look up what's wrong with me and figure out what's going on before I call the nurse so she can talk to the doctor so they can tell me to come. But one of the things it says in that book is, as you get older, get over multitasking. Concentrate on what you're doing and do the best you can with it and get it done. So now I understand that sometimes in life we have to multitask. We have to do more than one thing at one time. But if you're so strung out that you can't do one thing and get it done, uh, I, I get tickled at someone at work. They can't take one thing from here and put it over there. They've got to take four things from here and stop six times before they get over there. And by the time they get there, they're confused about what they're doing. That's over multitasking. Why can't we just do the one thing and get over it? But for me, uh, some of the distractions in life might be entertainment. How much time do you spend on the TV? Or just reading stuff. Or whatever your entertainment is. Golfing. Or fishing. Or hunting. What, what are you holding up there? A cell phone? That's a, that's a pretty good distraction. Uh, you know, most places you go, if there's a line of people, how many of them have got their cell phone out? If they're at the supper table, how many of them got their cell phone out? Uh, cell phones steal a lot of our time. Computers, and, and these are wonderful things, don't get me wrong. I, I love the cell phone. Especially when Vicky's got it on his, tell me where I'm going and and how to turn here and how to turn there. We went somewhere yesterday. She said, can you get home if I don't turn the cell phone on? I said, sure I can. I come from the days when you couldn't read a map and you still got home. There wasn't no cell phones. Uh, but we're overly distracted. We're overly entertained. And one of the things this world provides for us is a lot of goodies to pull our mind away from what's important in my walk with the Lord. So that's the bottom line about focus. Uh, I just seem not focus sometimes. I just seem be in my little brain dead box 
where nothing's happening. And, and maybe that's not the worst thing in the world. But this morning I want to talk to you about, i got nine points here, and they're short ones. But point number one is preparation. I need a bigger desk. The first point in preparation is separation. How many of you like to be alone? My wife loves it. If it's just on the couch on the other side of the room, she sometimes withdraws into her aloneness. The first step in separation is to be alone. Now, God wants for us to be blessed. He wants to bless our families. He wants to bless our ministry. He wants to bless everything we do. We ought to live as people who are experiencing the blessings of God. But to do that, we need to prepare. So number one in preparation is to get alone. We are blessed in our separation. Jesus said in 2 Corinthians 6, 17. If you want to turn there, and this is one of those scriptures that comes out a little different in each one of our translations. But uh, using the New Living Translation, the title heading is the temple of the living God. It's talking about us. It's talking about our bodies. And it says, I'm going to start with verse 14. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteous be a part of the wicked? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can we... How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. And God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their gods. I, and I will be my, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourself from them, saying the Lord. Now, we live in a world that's full of unbelievers. You know, Barna and these people do all these studies. So it's said that approximately 2 billion people in the world are Christians or have been exposed to Christianity out of 7 billion people. So if you break that all down, when you're walking down the street, two out of every three people you know are unbelievers. It's a bunch, isn't it? That may not be that right here in Mooresville. We might have a different. But a lot of people we know are unbelievers. And the word here is telling us to pull ourselves back from that. Why would we do that? The word then turns around and says we're just go to every one of them. We're to witness to them. We're to share the light. We're so forth and so on. But we separate ourselves for the purpose of getting into God's word. The only foundation we are built on or can be built on is God's word. If you aren't reading it, you aren't reading it every day, it's not speaking to you. 
Now, you can take a scripture you heard Roy say on Sunday and think about it all week long. But I'm telling you, that's not enough. So I spent a lot of years in my life as a Christian not taking that separated time, shutting everything else out, and listening to what the Lord says. Now, if you're following our Bible reading, you may not like to read in the Old Testament. I love the Old Testament. And as I sat there, and what do I care about the land of Goshen? That doesn't, that doesn't speak to me at all. About these folks going down and, and the Pharaoh saying this, and Joseph, on and on and on. But as I sat there and I listened, and I tied into yesterday and the day before and the day before and the day before, all of a sudden the Lord's speaking to me something. And, and, and that builds into my who I am and who I am in him that I may be able to come out of this time of separation, this time of we call it a quiet time, a prayer time, whatever you want to call it. It's 15 minutes, it's 30 minutes, it's an hour, whatever you do, uh, each day, and that accumulates. It's accumulative, and uh, it, it feeds into us. So number one, we're going to prepare. Psalms 1 tells us, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of the sinner, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. We're learning stuff from everybody we meet. So using these 2 billion Christians, we're one of those, the number 5 billion who are not, they're not of God. They're feeding into us, people that are of the world feeding us. How do we get, how do we, man, if you get dirty, what do you do when you come home after working hard out on the, you get a shower, you clean that worldliness off we go to our private time and we allow God to scrub that off give us a fresh start give us a you know, we, feel, we feel better <laughs> we feel better as we sit walk and stand we should do it with those who bring us we shouldn't do it with those who bring us down spiritually. But we work with them every day. And sadly, to break my heart, some of our Christian brothers and sisters will drag us down. God spoke to me about that a few times last year. Don't do that. Don't do that. The only way we're not going to do that is spend time in the Word and allow the Lord to speak to us and change us. So it's important how you choose your friendships. We tell our kids that, you who raise kids. It's important because they're going to bring all that junk home. If they don't spend some quiet time, it's going to stay. It's going to accumulate tomorrow, next day, next day, next day. When you come away from being with people at the end of the day, you should not feel spiritually debilitated. So how are we going to 
rub shoulders with people all day who are bringing us down and not be brought down. It's that time in the Word. It's those scriptures that God speaks into us, whether we've memorized them or not. Have you ever had thoughts that just encourage you? Uh, people who just encourage you. Uh, th that's what we're talking about. That thought of the day. We'll come back to that a little bit in a little bit. When you spend time with someone and you feel closer to the Lord after you leave, those are the kind of friendships we, would, we should have in terms of Christian fellowship. If we're spending time with people of our choice and they're dragging us down, we should... What's that term on the on the telephone? I'll unlike them. <laughs> I'm gonna unfollow. I'm just gonna quit listening. I'm gonna quit talking. I'm gonna quit doing. I'm gonna adjust because we are instructed to be the ones who influence and not the ones who are influenced. Have you ever found yourself? Uh, following a lie, so to speak, someone told you, or you're around someone and this is how they do it and you find yourself doing it that way and all of a sudden the realization is this is not really what a Christian should be doing. This is not how they should be talking, how they should be acting, so forth and so on. So we're talking about accountability, availability. Uh, I mentioned focus. Uh, last year, our, one of our words was from the church was wholeness. And I added from brokenness to wholeness. And the Lord heals from brokenness in my life last year. But it's discouraging when I look and see how many more places he's talking to me about. How much more healing I need. But we're going to get there. We're working on it. So number two is preparation. Well, it's number two, too. We aren't through preparing. You got to get ready. You're going out. The most important part of my day is right after I wake up. I get my coffee and I go to my desk and I open the book. My first appointment is with God. So if you believe like I do, God wrote this book. And I flip it open to wherever we are. I'm listening to God. God says, God said, God said all day long. So it, the day needs to start there. Now, if I'm not careful, you know where my day starts? I'm making plans. I'm figuring out what I'm going to do, when I'm going to do it, how I'm going to do it. But how do we go from those thoughts that get us before we get away from the bathroom sink to the to the desk with our cup of coffee and the word of God. How do we get those thoughts to subside? Well, for me, it's, 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 a, it's a decision. It's intentional. I'm going to do this if nothing else gets done. Uh, I've got to load this in my truck to take to work. It just goes on and on and on. Uh, After learning how to study the Bible, 
after we spend some time and the Holy Spirit teaches us and we listen to others and we, we learn, oh, I don't even know what I read today. Well, you may not know exactly what you read today, but it's, it's in you. And if your intentions are this day to live for the Lord, he's doing something with that. The Holy Spirit's working it into your life. The word is becoming a part of you. Once you get excited about reading the word, it, it's not a drudgery anymore. Okay? It's a joy. It's not a check the box. It's a, I love to do this. So number three is guess what? You got it. We're focusing this morning. There is something about meditating on scripture that that breaks it down to nourish the soul. Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinketh in his heart, so he is. Whatever it is in your mind, and you're dwelling on it all day, determines the person you're becoming. If you're intentional about being a soul winner, Christian term, you're going to become a soul winner. You're going to remember those scriptures that are important. You're going to get over that squeamishness or that tendency to be nervous about it. It's just going to be a part of who you are. It's just what, it's just what's going to happen because you intentionally read the word, spent time in prayer, listened to the Lord, and you ask him to do this for you. It's on your mind. Now, if it's on your mind what you're going to do after you get off work this afternoon, and that's all that's on your mind all day long, that's just another day. If your thoughts are full of anxiety and worry, you become worried, an anxious person. If your thoughts are depressing, you become a depressed person. If your thoughts are scriptural, you will be a scripturally influenced person. So number four, it's not preparation. It's let's stand up and let's prepare to go out. You know, sometimes we spend a lot of time here. You know what this is? What does is, what is Roy call uh, David call it? A huddle. But this is the gathering of the salt shakers. You're called to be salt. Now, how salty are you here? You're in your pretty little shakers. You're looking good. Really, the command is to take you, the salt shaker, and send you out into the community where we live. Say, now, Christine's the only one going out. Pretty green and blue britches, salt shaker over here with her blonde hair going. That's wonderful because everywhere she goes, that little salt, she's putting a little salt out. But what if everybody in here took their pretty little salt shakers and shared it with the world? 
that two out of three people you're going to meet. Now we're doing what the Word says. So, but we have to get up, and we have to go and be prepared to go out. This is the same thing with light. We can use the same analogy. You guys are all beautiful lampstands. Your lights are all lit up. You're smiling. Well, some of you are smiling. You're happy. You know, taking in the things of the Lord. The Lord's blessed you. It's just a comfortable place. But really, we're supposed to take our light out the door. And you know, one light or 70 lights. 70 lights look a lot better, don't they? But one light, if you're the only one, one light against the darkness is better than none. So we've prepared ourselves, we've challenged ourselves, we're standing up. So where are we going to go? When you have these scriptures in your mind, and they're never far away from the voice of God whispering in your ear during all circumstances. Sometimes circumstances come to you. Sometimes you inject yourself and cause circumstances. But if we're prepared, we have the Word of God, we're intentional about what we're going to do, we're going to live for Him. And we get ourselves into those circumstances and we share Jesus. We live for Him, we show Him. That's the way we grow and we become more like Christ. There's something about memorizing and meditating on Scripture that accelerates our transformation into who God's called us to be. See, God didn't just call me to live my life as a mechanic. I fixed a lot of cars over the years, and I tried to fix a whole lot more. And I went back and fixed some the second time or the third time. But when it comes to our relationship with people, very often we only have one shot at it. We're prepared we're going out. Very often people come to Jerry's shop where I work and the neighbors, and they'll share their uh, anxiety about different things. And as a shop, as individuals, uh, we very often stop and pray for them. So you take who you are, where you are, what you're doing, your life, all that stuff. Uh, the fact that we fix cars is immaterial. The fact that some people might come to us and ask for prayer is the greatest thing happening at Klein Auto. Uh, the fact that sometimes they get prayed for and they didn't know that was going to happen is the greatest thing that happens. So we go out where? We, we go to them, whoever them is. You know who they is in the church, don't you? They're the ones that are getting something done. So if you ever talk about them and they in the church. But we're going out to them to influence or to be influenced. Which way we're going? We need to be intentional about Influencing. I had a lifelong friend who passed away last January, and he was continually, I'm not going to tell you about the times he was correcting me, but he was continually encouraging me 
and discipling me and instructing me. We need to be that way. Your friends, those you love, that needs to be happening. We need to be receiving that. I never rejected anything he had to say. But number five is our availability and our accountability in relationships. We were designed and built and brought into this world to be relational. Some people just want to pull away and have no relations with anybody. That's easy. (laughs) We don't have to interact. We don't have to do those things. But uh, we need to prepare. And then preparation brings us to accountability to self, accountability to God, and as a church, accountability to each other. But we need to to build biblical relationships from the time we spend in our relationship with the Lord. If we aren't sitting before his word, if we aren't spending time in quietness listening to what he has to say, uh, have you ever been in that stage of life where you thought driving down the road was where I'd get my prayer time in? That's not bad. I'm not saying that's bad. But I'm saying there's another step to that. There's that, there's, there's, there's that quiet time where there's nothing else going on. We aren't, our mind's not calculating how to drive the car. We're not doing anything else. We're building that biblical relationship. Number seven is our accountability and our availability. Accountability is fostered most strongly in authentic personal relationships. It requires time. How many of you don't have enough time? All of you don't. But we all have the same amount of time. So let's go back to those distractions in our lives. If we cut in half our smartphone time, that would get, if you spend two hours a day or four hours a day on it, you cut it in half, you got two, two to, you got a couple extra hours there. What can you do with it? And you can use it to build that relationship, to uh, share, to give, your, give of yourself. Requires time and deliberate effort to invest, to develop those relationships. Guys, we got to take the time. We have to take the time. Why does Wayne and I have a good relationship? not because we're both Waynes. It's because when he comes toward me, I, 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 I dismiss what's going on. And when he speaks to me, I'm listening to him. And when he says, you need to pray for me, my question is, for what? Because I in, 
intentionally want to spend the time to build that relationship with that brother. Because on the flip side, when I need something, you know what this Wayne does? He pushes everything else aside. He looks me in the eye and says, what do we need to pray for? Or he comes to me and tells me what we're going to pray for because he's concerned. And he's, <coughs> we've well, spent time building that relationship. So number eight, protect your testimony. If you're not who you say you are, how far is your testimony going to go? Not very far. Do you have the wholehearted desire to live a life that glorifies God? How many times are you going to fail? Don't tell me how many times you're going to fail. How many times are you going to miss the mark? But if we have that desire... Tomorrow morning when we sat down in that quiet time and there's nothing else disturbing us and we're reading God's word, guess what's going to happen? The word's going to speak into our life. We're going to change that mistake of yesterday and we're going to move on and it's going to be in the past and we're going to be, uh, the topic here was protect your testimony. We're going to be who we say we are. And then number nine, I told you there was nine of them. Responsibility. We are living in a day when people are throwing off responsibility. True statement or not? Wayne Stowe, have you thrown off any responsibilities? that the Lord brought into your life. He spoke to me about that a couple of times this year. However, the day is coming when we will give an account. If we do not live holy lives, we will not feel the overpowering urge to work for the Lord, and to be accountable. Father God, this morning we thank you. I thank you. I just shared with this congregation, this group of my brothers and sisters in Christ, some of the things in my life that need to be addressed. Some of the areas that I need to be more accountable and more available more willing to live for Jesus more, live, more willing to live a Christian life to be separated to be put out than to live this worldly life that's full of all that it has to offer Lord I pray that you would forgive me that you would strengthen me that you would uh, develop me into an individual that would be seen as a child of God. That you would help me protect my testimony, 
to run the race well, to finish well. And I pray this prayer. I feel I'm not the only one here. I pray this prayer for all of us. In Jesus' name, amen.